For too long, the fertility market has been bewildering, overwhelming, and frankly, I think has downright ignored the needs and difficult experiences of the people they're supposed to be serving. Ovum has made it their mission to change this completely. Now, I am extremely choosy about who I promote on this podcast because I'm very protective of my listeners and audience, which is why you've probably only ever heard one spoken ad like this before. So it's with complete confidence, excitement and pride that I can share this amazing company with you. Ovum care about you, truly. From creating products to support conception and fertility that are designed by doctors and backed by the latest science without cutting any corners, from adding access to meditations I've personally written and recorded inside their pregnancy test boxes, Ovum is founded by individuals who've navigated infertility themselves. I really couldn't be more proud to partner with them and tell you about them. Ovum is driven by the belief that everyone who is trying to conceive deserves better, and I am 100% behind this ethos. So head over to startwithovum.com and use code LIFERAFT10 for 10% off their tests and supplements. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to this live recording of Fertility Life Raft with me, Alice Rose, and I am your transformational coach and mindset mentor. And I'm joined today by Amy Rushworth, who is, in fact, I would really love for you actually to introduce yourself, Amy, because I know you're unapologetic, (laughs) who you are, and you take up space and you are, I mean, I only recently found you on Instagram and I just... I actually saw one reel that you did and I think I messaged you straight away and I was just like, you need to come and speak to my ladies. <laughs> come and speak to the people on my podcast. So would you just give an introduction to yourself? Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so I am a coach. I specialize in women's empowerment, particularly interested in sexual wellness, healing, um, healing through the body and basically just anything that stops women from living in their fullest unapologetic expression. And this area of my expertise really has fascinated me because it's been a huge part of my own journey. And, um, you know, I have a history of PTSD when I was younger and I went on this healing journey of my own and started learning how to heal and have a voice and take up space. And to stop apologizing for who I was and living my life from the wounds of fear and shame and instead becoming who I wanted to be. And that's my greatest joy to help women to do that in whatever area that they're not feeling fully empowered or fully expressed. So that's the short version. (laughs) I love it so much. And I think what, what drew me to you, Amy, was that for so many women who do go through a fertility journey and that we are focusing on women here, you, you work specifically with women. Yeah, I work with women. So I think for so many women who go through um, a difficult journey to bring home a baby, that it impacts us so much. It impacts us on so many levels so that we do, there is a shame that comes with it for lots of 
people for lots of women and there is that lack of empowerment and the longer it goes on and the more things that kind of happen so many times and this is the work that I focus on is helping people to reconnect to who they are so tell me a little bit more about how you came to find the work that you do your breath work your amazing rebirthing breath work can you tell me a bit about that oh yeah I forgot to mention that and that's one of the main things that I do (laughs) So I'm a rebirthing breathwork teacher, healer, practitioner, and I love rebirthing, especially with the kind of women that I work with, because it is a very gentle, very trauma-informed way to engage with a deeper somatic practice. In my experience, the more popular kinds of mouth breathing practices are too much and too overstimulating for people who have a history of trauma or traumatic experiences, which is probably more than half of society. And many women experience, you know, just the trauma of living in a woman's body. That's why I love rebirthing because breathing through the nose, which is what rebirthing is in a conscious connected circle, allows us to bring up deep memories that we want to resolve, uh, deep imprints that are wounding us, holding us back, stopping us from living our life with uh, a sense of wholeness, a sense of feeling good enough, a sense of recognizing that we are miraculous, just the fact that we're here. Anything that's stopping that rebirthing is helping slowly to release, but it's doing so in a way that is not too overwhelming for the nervous system because breathing through the nose activates the parasympathetic nervous system versus mouth breathing typically is activating the sympathetic nervous system, which uh, most people would think of as like fight or flight. And we don't want to put someone into a triggered state in order to resolve triggers. So uh, that's why I love the rebirthing because you can still go very deep and have profound transformation without it being too much, too fast, too soon, which is actually, you know, what creates more trauma in the body. I have so many questions about this. So first of all, I think this is going to be really, really resonate for a lot of women who listen to this because they have been through, a lot of women have been through some trauma and finding ways to process that is really what this podcast is about as well. So talk to me about what happens when you do a rebirthing breathwork session. How how does this work and what happens for people? What happened? How, how did you find it? Yeah. Okay. We'll start with how I found it. So I had been on my healing journey for must've been like five or six years. And I'd done a lot of therapy. I had started dabbling a little bit of sexual healing as well, because I had a history of sexual trauma And I just had this deep intuition. I feel like I need to go deeper into the somatic world of healing. I feel like my mind is good. Like I feel self-aware. I'm doing a lot of mindset work. I've been doing that for a long time. I just want to go deeper. I want to find the subconscious roots of these issues that are still here in my life. And I didn't know where to start, right? Because if you're like Googling somatic healers or body-based healers, There's so many different kinds of modalities. There's so many different teachers. How do you know where to start? You know, so I asked the universe, I'm looking for my next spiritual or somatic teacher. I want you to present this person to me and make it really obvious. I need your help. Tell me who it is. And not very long after that, one of my best friends came to me and she's a somatic therapist and we're really into a lot of the same stuff. And 
she said to me, oh my goodness, Amy, I just had the most incredible healing session with this woman. I feel like I had to tell you about it. And I looked this woman up and I was like, this is the person. I just know that this is the the method. This is the person. This is what I want to try. And I had my first rebirthing session with this lady, Federica, and it was so amazing. I had never touched or witnessed my inner child in that way before. It was really surprising to me because I'd struggled very much to meditate in the past before that. But I think I found it easier because it was kind of like an active meditation where you're controlling your breath and all sorts of emotions came up for me that I'd never been able to get to just by talking. And I was just hooked. I booked, I think, 10 or 12 sessions after that on the spot. I started getting everyone in my life into it. My husband, he's now a rebirthing teacher too. And it just massively transformed my life. After about six months of doing this consistent practice, I felt like a completely different person. Certain things that used to really emotionally disrupt me were not even there anymore. I felt more calm. I even started looking different. You know, like you could see that there were these deeper traumas that had physically left my body. I was like, this is one of the most special modalities I think I've ever come across. And then I went on to train in it because I knew if I brought this into my work, I would be able to take that transformation with my clients so much deeper. And so now it's pretty much part of everything that I do. (laughs) Now I feel like I really want to do some rebirthing work myself. (laughs) You talk about it. I have never heard about it before I saw your your Instagram thing um account you know um and I've I've you know done so much research myself in all kinds of different things like this but I haven't heard of this before so I'm just really intrigued once you started doing it more regularly did it sort of compact like as it as you did them it just kind of had deeper and deeper effect and Mm -hmm. is it like a new version of you literally like rebirth or it's a rebirth (laughs) yeah yeah there's a few things that are happening when you're going on a consistent long-term rebirthing journey the first aspect is the physical most of us don't breathe fully or properly our breathing mechanism is disjointed or tense there's a lot of tension and a lot of trauma that manifests somatically in the diaphragm around these intercostal muscles around our midsection. From the rebirthing perspective, one of the reasons that that is, is because we are conditioned throughout the formative childhood years to start holding in emotions, to start holding in our truth. And think about when you're told not to cry, for example, what do you do? You hold your breath. You try and keep that lump in your throat down, the tears down. When you're angry and you get told you're not allowed to express that anger or talk in that way, what do you do? You hold the raging, you suck it in. And so somatically it's then manifesting in the body and we're not breathing to our fullest capacity. Many people are actually breathing in their chest and through their mouth throughout the day. And as you can imagine, that's how you breathe when you're in danger. So if you've spent your whole life breathing into your chest unconsciously, 
your body is constantly in a state of fight or flight, and that has a massive impact on your health. Stress has a huge impact on our health, and that is a stress response in the body. So as we start to breathe deeply in this way through the nose, we're taking in a lot of oxygen, we're opening up these intercostal muscles, and through that, we're letting go of some of this tension that's stuck there in the diaphragm. But over a long-term basis, we're also toning and flexing our vagus nerve, which is the center of our nervous system. Now, our nervous system regulates and informs so many different functions of the body from physical health and well-being to your energy levels, to how you respond and communicate at work in relationships, how good you feel about yourself. You know, it literally affects everything. And when our vagus nerve and our nervous system isn't functioning properly, what happens is we can get stuck in hyper-aroused or hypo-aroused states. So hyper-aroused is anxious, panic attacks, feeling stressed all the time, feeling like you're always on high alert, being very reactive. And obviously that can have a massive effect on how you show up in your intimate relationships, how you feel in your body, how safe you feel from day to day, how you logically solve problems and how creative you feel. And then you have the hyper aroused state, which is more like feeling lethargic, feeling depressed, feeling like you have no energy or no lust for life. And so when the vagus nerve isn't functioning properly, we can get stuck in those states. We are supposed to go into states of stress from time to time to preserve ourselves to respond to life but a healthy nervous system is one where you fluidly move through those states and come back into balance now a lot of people don't have that fluidity so when we're doing lots of these um, kinds of breath work nose breathing specifically think of the vagus nerve as like a muscle and if you're going to the gym and flexing that muscle it's going to be fluid if you fall off the curb on the side of the road you're going to be able to catch yourself and not break a bone because you have that fluid healthy muscle and response so it's very good for our nervous system which in my opinion has a massive effect on everything in your life how you feel about yourself and then on an emotional level what we're releasing is a lot of implicit memories. So many people don't remember much from their childhood. Most of us don't remember our early infancy years. Some people are left to cry it out as babies or they have traumatic experiences, medical traumas when they're young, all different kinds of trauma. They don't consciously remember it in their mind, but their body remembers it. Their body holds the score as that famous book says. So it's very hard to then work through that and process that and let it go in conversation or in therapy because you have no way to articulate what's there, why it's there, where it is. And so rebirthing allows us to let those feelings go, to let those imprints go, which as a result helps us to let go of bigger patterns that plague us. For example, if you had a traumatic experience as a child, perhaps you felt like one of your parents disapproved of you or they didn't want you to be a girl. They wished you were a boy and they treated you that way. You have that somatic imprint in your body of feeling I'm not unconditionally loved or I'm not wanted, but that then manifests in different patterns and beliefs as an adult. You may overcompensate because you don't want that to be true. And that overcompensation might be having negative effects on your life, like overworking or trying to prove yourself in your 
romantic relationships as an adult or doing things to still try and win that parent's approval. So emotionally, we can let it go without needing to talk about it. We let go of the physical imprint of the of it in the body. Ah, oh, amazing. So it's almost like a shortcut, I guess, to instead of having to try and figure out through talking therapy or writing or journaling or anything like that, it just goes straight to the kind of root of where this trauma is stored to release it. Can you do this yourself? Like, can you go away and give yourself a rebirthing session? No, no. <laughs> Work with someone else. Yeah, it's always guided by a practitioner. I mean, because I'm so experienced, I don't even know how many sessions that I've done. I could probably rebirth myself and I would be able to stay present just because I'm so trained now to do that. It's quite easy for me to stay present but it's very hard for most people to remain present throughout an entire rebirthing session because your body and your unconscious mind are very intelligent, right? But the the job is to keep you safe. It's to preserve you. It's to protect you. And so the reason that a lot of these imprints are locked away is because of that unconscious mind. It's like, this is too painful for us to feel, to process. So we're going to bury it away. So you don't have to feel it. We're going to create patterns for you, like disassociating from your emotions or getting distracted by something else or falling asleep so that you don't have to feel this. And that's a beautiful intention that this unconscious part of you has. But what we want to do is obviously create new patterns, create new neural pathways, new ways of moving through challenges. And so if left to your own devices, your patterns, they're very deeply ingrained. They are the smoothest path for you to go down. And the path of most resistance is the new way. So when I'm guiding someone, especially if it's one-on-one, you know, the words that I'm using, the way that I'm getting them to breathe in certain parts of that session is targeted based on what I see going on with the breath and their patterns and the um, health history that I have about that person. So it's always guided. Mm, Interesting. And I guess there's a that's almost honoring like how deep these patterns are, isn't it? That they should have someone there to guide you through because it's a this is a big deal. What you're doing is huge. It's connecting to the very deepest parts of you, right? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I have healing hands. And so when I rebirth with people in person, I always ask for permission beforehand if I'm allowed to actually touch them or not. But a lot of times I will come up to people and I I will hold them and place my hands on a certain part of them when they're really moving through something. And that touch actually helps them to break through that final moment of release. You know, a lot of the memories are from feeling starved of love in some way or not having your needs met or processing something that was going on with you and your mother or you and your caregivers. And so having that person there to hold you through a really raw inner child experience is very important and and very helpful. Scrolling through your work, your content that you produce, you do have an incredible energy. I just want to be in this gorgeous golden world that you... (laughs) seem to inhabit but the um one of the things that really drew me to you as well I'm just gonna bring up the post that I was um gonna I think one of the ones that that made me think yes I like this lady um because yeah it's the nuance it's the nuance that you have on yeah that post that you wrote a nuanced take on popular spiritual cliches and quotes and it's just something that I've I think I've thought myself so many times and I haven't actually written on it but I saw what you wrote and I was like 
yes, this is the thing. It's nuanced. It's not this kind of blanket approach. You know, one of the very difficult things that lots of um, women in my community hear all the time is this quote, everything happens for a reason. And I love what you wrote about it because you've written everything happens for a reason and you've written my take. Sometimes yes, but universally no. Tell me what brought you to want to write about this and, and this nuance with spiritual stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know if you guys are into human design, but I'm a projector. So I see everything from this kind of zoomed out view. And one of the gates in my human design, it made me laugh when I read it, said like, you have this uncanny ability to turn things over and over and over and over and over in your mind. But it's because it's almost like I'm like rolling out the dough and looking for like the bubbles it's frustrated me sometimes that I have this tendency because I can really see things from so many different points of view. And I really care about my impact and understanding different people's lived experiences, especially people who are not as privileged as me, or they have a different, you know, experience of oppression. And so I wouldn't say I'm like careful. I like to be really considered and I like to, yes, be unapologetic, but I want to feel like I've looked at this from every angle. And this, this is the really well-considered perspective that I think is going to help as many people as possible. And so sometimes that annoys me, like I said, because in this industry, people make these really big sensational blanket claims and everyone like froths out on them on the internet. They're like, oh my God, that's so great. But it's like, is that deeply helping everyone? And so this is why I like to bring nuance to teachings because I want people to get the most out of my teachings. I don't want them to just say, well, this is what I think. So do it that way. It's like, here's a different way to look at it from multiple angles with that post specifically, like everything happens for a reason. I mean, life is subjective. So if that works for you, like definitely there's been moments in my life where I've been like, yes, all that stuff happened for a reason, for sure. But there are also uh, moments that I'm reminded that that might apply to something that's uncomfortable or painful but if someone has just gone through the most horrific tragedy or like someone in their family has died or something really horrific has happened or they've had a horrific series of traumas in their life it may not be helpful for them to hear that so I think a revised version is like we get to choose the meaning that we make of what we go through and if giving it that meaning feels good for you that gets to be your subjective meaning of it, but it's not necessarily the meaning that everyone else would make of it or assign. That's it. That's what you've written here. The more nuanced take, life is always offering me a tapestry of beautiful, messy, painful, and amazing experiences. I choose how I respond and grow through what I go through. Yeah, it's that considered approach. It's that awareness, that consciousness that actually what you're saying could be really actually unhelpful for people to to, to hear totally. And there was another one um, which I really liked as well, which was that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And your take is maybe, but also... And you've written, sometimes what almost kills you makes you softer. Sometimes what breaks your heart is what cracks it open wider. Sometimes what hurts you makes you a gentler, kinder soul. And for some, what almost kills you makes you into an amazing comedian. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that because I think exploring, properly exploring what people are saying instead of just 
throwing them out there and you know we do that's exactly it like on social media people will see a quote pop it up there you go done and actually you're like no let's actually talk about this let's listen to what the effect is going to have on people hearing these words and I think that's so important but clearly being able to and just to speak on human design like if people are listening to this obviously we're doing um sorry just someone's coming in now so people listening to the podcast that we're doing this live so I have some of my life off members with me um do ask questions if anyone has questions as we're chatting um just let me know but also I know you mentioned and and lots of people listen to this podcast who may not be spiritual at all and may not have ever heard of human design might might be thinking what the hell is re but you know like it could be totally. <laughs> so it's a we really do have a mix of people who listen to this but a lot of people are very open and very curious about this kind of stuff and my whole premise for for everything that I do with the life raft is this invitation to stay curious and just stay interested in what could be the thing that actually really supports your ability to process the stuff that's going on so it might be that it you know for you Amy discovering this technique this modality was the most powerful incredible thing that's ever happened to you right like and it's given you this entire new world this new life and you know it's clear to see you've obviously gone through this um, incredible um transformative experience and tell me the other things that happen when people do go through a transformation like this like what has it given you I just feel deeper peace in who I am I think I had always been this restless soul. Like there was an itch inside of me that I tried to scratch, that I tried to fill when I was younger with, you know, drugs and toxic relationships and just almost like self-harm through my own behavior whilst also being an overachiever and a perfectionist. And once I'd started rebirthing and I'd been rebirthing for about six months to a year, that was when I felt like I have fully healed this PTSD. Like I was in a really good place before that. My life was going well and I felt really resourced from within, but it was after the rebirthing that I was like, this feels neutral to me now. Even, you know, to the point of like, I felt neutral towards my abuse and my abuser as a child. Like it it didn't create any visceral response in me anymore. It became like a, like a logical thing of like, this has happened, healing through it wasn't okay. I will be okay. And um, I created a more harmonious relationship with my family. We didn't have like a like a bad relationship in any way. My parents have always been kind of supportive, even though they didn't always understand my choices. But I feel like I forgave them for things that I didn't know I was angry at them for. So like mother wound stuff, the ways that they didn't show up in a particular way that my inner child wanted them to. And I feel like I just saw them as like beautiful, divine human beings that are imperfect. And I felt at peace with that. And so my relationships became much healthier, much better. And I think that my confidence is the way it is because of rebirthing. Like there are lots of things that accumulate on a healing journey. And sometimes you don't always know what the thing is, but it was like, if I look at the point where my life went in this incredibly positive direction, it went from like good to amazing it was around the time that I started engaging with that work. 
I love that you said that it was, actually it was six months to a year that you were actually doing this healing, this work. Sometimes I feel like people try stuff and then they're like, no, it hasn't worked. Not for me. It doesn't work, whatever. And then they put it down and that's that. And it's, I always feel like it's such a shame because I'm like, you got to give it some time, man. Like try, try a little bit longer. <laughs> See. Yeah. You know? Do you totally. Yeah. Definitely. One of my friends who's a coach, she calls it Amazon Prime culture. And it's like this expectation that has almost been hardwired into our brains because of social media and being able to just get anything delivered that there's this fixation on urgency culture, things happening, happening really fast, overnight results you know, you've got to remember like these wounds that you may be carrying have been ingrained over a lifetime and you have neural pathways in your brain that are responding and firing in a certain way since you were zero years old. And so to create these new pathways, these new, you know, ways of approaching things, ways of reacting, uh, ways of seeing yourself and behaving, that's going to take time and repetition. And so there has to be a patience and a devotion uh, with that. And also, you know, I think people think that a new habit is formed within 21 days, and that's actually completely inaccurate. The research shows that it's much longer. It's like 66 to 135 days, I think. And that's, we're talking about simple habits. Yeah. So then you think about the habit of how you habitually show up for challenges, for relationships, like that's hardcore. It's going to take time. And I think that's why it's helpful having somebody hold you through those processes, whether it's a therapist, a rebirther, any kind of space holder, because they're the ones that are going to keep you on that path when your mind is telling you run. Because to, to pick things up and put them down when you don't get an instant result, that's an unconscious pattern. So much of what um, the work that you know, we do in the life rafters around like supporting each other to continue to to do this work, to look for the thing that's going to support you. Because when you're on your own with it, particularly when you're going through fertility stuff, it can feel so lonely and so isolating. Mm. So many people around you just don't get it. And they'll say things, you know, like everything happens for a reason, which just then triggers you. And then you shut down because you don't really want to speak to the people who don't understand yeah. what you're going through. So to be able to come in, you know, that's that's why the life raft exists because we're here, we get it. It's it's so difficult. And I really love to introduce people to people like you, Amy, who are offering this incredible um transformative modality to potentially for some people listening to this, is, is going to be the thing that actually helps them to rewire those those neural pathways and I think that the word you use there that I really want to pick up is devotion there's that kind of because often we say oh you know it takes work and you've got to you know work 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 on this and sometimes that puts people off you know some of my clients are like oh but it's hard you know I don't want to do it because it's hard and totally we get it but actually if we can reframe that so that it's, it becomes this devotion to yourself like a devotion to myself that I'm going to continue to show up and to see what happens when I continue to show up in this devotional kind of mindset that I I want to work through all of the things that are 
triggering me day to day while I'm going through a really hard time while I'm trying to bring this baby home and doing all of the things and this is it you know people do diets we do you know everything everything and it can feel really overwhelming you know sometimes to add in well you know you need to do this mindset work you need to do this somatic work as well so I really love to split this around and say but this is the this is actually a healing part this is a this is the empowering bit this is the bit that's going to make all of the other things that you're trying to do here feel possible and expansive and the other word that I wanted to pick up as well that you used there was um just previously when you talking about it like the transformation that you've been through is that neutrality having that neutral response to trauma that has happened in your life because so often we're kind of you know we focus on like being super positive and da, da, da. talk to me about that word neutral how does that support you in your own healing well when I think of neutral I don't mean it in terms of like the circumstance of the trauma of being abused is is a neutral circumstance, right? It's horrific. But how I feel in my body, if I think about it or if someone asks me about it, like I'm I'm able to talk about it here right now. And I feel I feel the same as if I'm like meditating, you know? So it's not giving me that visceral response like it used to. And you know, what used to happen to me was that I would have flashbacks and panic attacks. I would go into like a frozen state based on certain like triggers that would activate or arouse that memory. And I really just believe that the combination of initially having therapy when my panic attack started and then moving into the somatic work, it allowed me to like dip my toe in, get my mind right, and then go into the physical sensation of what kept coming up and removing that sort of somatic imprint of what had happened from the body. And so there are going to be many circumstances in your life that don't feel neutral. I mean, if you are on this fertility journey, and of course, you're not going to feel neutral when you feel like there's something that you want more than anything in the world and it's been a struggle and it's been hard and you feel lonely and like people don't get it. That's not a neutral experience. But having these devotional healing tools, what it can do is it can lighten some of that load for you so that it doesn't feel hard 24 hours a day so that you have a hard moment, you cry it out and then you take a big sigh and you're like, okay, I'm good. I've got myself. Here's the steps I'm going to take now. Neutral is is not about just always being in this like blank state because for many people that's like disassociating, Mm -hmm. but it's like how fluidly and flexible am I able to like move through those emotions and then come back to the self and the self is in another, you know, modality that I use, which is internal family systems it's like known as the soul or it's like the true self within you that is full of delight and aliveness and knows that, you know, it's a miracle that you're here and everything's going to be okay. And, you know, you can take things in your stride. That's where we're coming back to. Um, But if we get stuck in big emotional states and then we start attaching stories to those emotions, which is what we all do after we have big emotions, we have big thoughts If we get stuck there, then we just keep running the same story over and over again and causing more and more emotions that keep us in that loop. And obviously that's very stressful. If you're on this fertility journey, usually you're trying to reduce as much stress as possible. So there are certain stresses that you can't be in control of and things in life that you can't control. 
but having that ability to heal and to take that space for you to let some emotions go is one of the areas that you have autonomy and agency. And so I think that's super empowering. So, so empowering. And I think that to me, like when people say, how can I carry on having hope? And I'm always like, well, let's look at all of the potential, all of the possibilities and all of the people out there who are supporting you in this kind of journey, this hope, this, this is the hope for me is that you find this healing path, you know, and that you're able to find a way to move through some of the most difficult experiences, you know, that you're going to go through and have that autonomy, as you say, because probably the hardest thing when you're going through this is the lack of control, the lack of certainty. So many times, and I felt it myself that when you're going through it, I hear people say to me, but if I could, if someone could just tell me whether or not this is going to happen, if someone can just tell me that it's going to happen in, you know, two years or even five years or whatever, but if I can just know, but we can't know, like, that's the bit that we find so difficult, but to have autonomy and agency over your own responses and how you are processing things, that to me is really empowering and really hopeful. Like I thought this is why I find myself so geeky when it comes to like (laughs) learning about different things that you can do and I think that there aren't that many people who do do this like I don't think there are that many people who kind of get hooked on it like you do and then continue to do it so that it becomes habitual as you say like it's it is more than 21 days I don't know where the 21 day thing came from but I think they've definitely said now it's like yeah that doesn't it's not enough (laughs) and it's more about the repetition right like it's more about actually continuing to do the thing to to form those new neural pathways but anyway I could talk to you all day Amy but I I just want to say a massive thank you for sharing all of this like it's just completely fascinating and you know you're so inspirational for having you know taken what happened with with your own story and now healing and supporting so many other women in what you do and I know you've got um what looks like an incredible retreat coming up I think in New York tell me about that tell me how people can find you Yeah, the retreat's in October. I'm co-hosting it actually with my friend Kato. We're both Leo star signs. So we decided to make a Leo inspired retreat, although it's welcome to every star sign. It's just inspired by that energy, which is unapologetic and brave, strong, generous, fabulous, you know, extroverted kind of vibes. And it's in Mallorca and We wanted to create a retreat that was really deep healing, but also really fun. And I always do that with my retreats. And I set that intention with everyone that it's going to be this deep transformational experience, but it's also going to feel like a girl's holiday, you know? So we're going to be painting and doing sensual embodiment, rebirthing, astrology workshops. It's going to be really good. So yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, for it. Amazing. I so want to come. Um, <laughs> you should come. Head. Yeah, I would love to. Also, that's the other thing why I really love what you're doing is that kind of sometimes I think there can be this kind of slight worthiness about spiritual healing and all of that. And actually, we also just want to have some good times as well. <laughs> just be like, you know what? Silliness is medicine. And I was right. I was writing a post on this this morning. Silliness is medicine. Play is medicine. And there is healing and medicine in play and like allowing yourself to just kind of enjoy your life amongst the deep healing work amongst like the seriousness of things that happen thank you so much amy um you are is it this is amy rushworth on instagram yeah this is amy rushworth on instagram and your website is amyrushworth.com 
that's the one <laughs> but we'll put everything we'll put links in the show notes and um we are so grateful for your time this morning and everything that you share with us so thank you so much to you. you and thank you to everyone who's joined me live and come and find me this is alice rose on instagram and follow fertility life raft as well for so many more interesting conversations come and subscribe to the podcast let me know what you think and um, i can't wait to speak to you next time Thank you.